have a special guest this morning I'd like to introduce. Um, he was present when the Apostle Peter was miraculously released, escaped prison. So he's going to give us a firsthand account of what happened. So welcome our special guest this morning. Hey, I'm just so glad to be here with all of you today. Uh, you know, I was there and it was amazing. God miraculously breaking Peter out of prison. And it was something that inspired my faith and encouraged me to pray uh, more fervently. So a little background story. How did Peter get into prison anyways? Well, you all know who Herod the Great was. He's that guy that tried to kill baby Jesus. And in, in, in so doing, he ends up killing every child to and under in Bethlehem. We don't like Herod the Great. He was a wicked guy. Well, he died in 4 B.C., and he was survived by three sons. Actually, he had a lot more than three sons. He killed a lot of them off because he was afraid they might, might take his throne. In fact, he even killed his own wife, Mary Omne. He was just a bad guy. When he died, Emperor Tiberius, you've got to understand that uh, King Herod actually ruled underneath the Roman emperor. He kind of ruled in his stead over uh, Judea, Galilee, Samaria, and Perea. Pretty big region. When he died, em uh, died Emperor Tiberius uh, divided his kingdom amongst his three sons. And none of them got the title king. They were called tetrarch, which means ruler of a quarter. Apparently Tiberius wasn't very good at fractions. Well, his youngest son was uh, Herod Antipas. And Herod Antipas was given control of Galilee and the region of the Piraeans. And you know who Herod Antipas was because he was around when Jesus was uh, ministering. He's the guy that beheaded John the Baptist. We don't really like Herod Antipas. We don't really like any of these Herod guys, really. Herod Antipas, though, he had a son, Agrippa. Uh, and Agrippa, when Agrippa was just five years old, mommy sent him to Rome because she was afraid of grandpa. She thought grandpa might get fixated on Agrippa and his claim to the throne and kill him off too. So he goes to the safety of Rome and he grows up there. And he, he, he is a, a, a friend of two boys who grew up to become emperors of, uh, of Rome. The first one is Gaius. Gaius becomes emperor in 37 AD. When he becomes emperor, he gives his buddy Agrippa title king, King Herod Agrippa, and he gives him his daddy's regions of Galilee and Perea. Well, uh, Gaius only lasted four years, and then he was assassinated. And King Herod Agrippa happened to be in Rome when the assassination went down, and he played a very pivotal role in helping his other buddy, Claudius, become emperor of the Roman Empire. And Claudius, in, in appreciation, expanded Herod Agrippa's empire. He gave him Judea and Samaria. And so now, his, uh, King Herod Agrippa's domain is, is as large as his grandfather's ever was. He's got Judea, he's got Samaria, he's got Galilee, and he's got the region of the Piraeans, and he's got the title king. The problem, however, is that uh, King Herod Agrippa 
was, a, was, a, was concerned that the Jewish leadership in Jerusalem wouldn't really accept him as king of the Jews because he was only partly Jewish. His grandmother, Mary Amne, she was a Hasmonean, so she was from the ruling class. But granddad was an Idumean, an Edomite, a descendant of Esau, not Jacob. And so uh, his claim to the throne was pretty shaky. So King Herod Agrippa thinks to himself, what can I do to get into the good graces of the ruling class in Jerusalem? And this is how uh, Peter gets in prison. You'll understand this in a moment. He, he gets this brainstorm. I know what I can do. The Jewish leadership has been trying frantically to tamp down this new sect of Judaism called the Way, these Christians who believe that Jesus, the Nazarene, is the Messiah. And they claim that he rose from the dead. And the, the leadership of Jerusalem has done everything it could do to stamp it out, but it just keeps growing. I'm going to win their favor by bringing the might of the state against this new sect. So that's what King Herod Agrippa does. He arrests many of the leaders of the Christian church in Jerusalem. One of them was actually the Apostle James. The, 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 the brother of John the Beloved. Not only does Herod, uh, King Herod Agrippa arrest them, he actually puts James to death by the sword. The very first apostle to have been martyred. Now, Stephen had been martyred earlier, one of the seven. But this is the first apostle, one of the twelve. One of the guys who'd walked with Jesus from the beginning. And Herod puts him to death. Well, that, uh, that catalyzed the church, as you can imagine. So King Herod Agrippa, uh, his plan works. The ruling class in Jerusalem, they love him. All of a sudden, he's one of us. And they're just embracing him. We just love this Agrippa guy. And, and so he says, well, hey, if a little bit of persecution of the church worked, let's do some more. And he goes for the big gun. He goes after the, the number one primary leader of the church, Peter. If the church had a leader at that time, it's Peter, kind of the preeminent apostle. And Herod Agrippa arrests him. And he intends to do with Peter exactly what he did to James. Problem is he arrested him during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And in Jewish law, you're not allowed to execute people during a religious festival. And so uh, Herod Agrippa puts Peter in prison and then is waiting out the uh, festival. It actually was part of the larger Passover festival, so he's, he's waiting until Passover is done. Peter is in prison, and we Christians, I was there, we were galvanized. We, we became prayer warriors. We went to the Lord and said, God, please don't let what ha happened to James happen to Peter. Protect your church. Please do a miracle, God. Now, there were too many of us Christians to meet in one place in Jerusalem, so we met in different homes. And whenever we got off work, whenever we were done with our duties, we would go to one of these homes and pray. I, I got off work late. So I headed over to Mary's house. Mary is the mother of John Mark. You know who John Mark is because he accompanied Paul and Barnabas on one of their missionary journeys and they had a little squabble about him. Well, his mom was pretty wealthy and she had a large house. 
And so many of us gathered there, uh, and when I got off work, I headed over there. Middle, we prayed all night long. This was a 24-7 prayer meeting. I mean, it's a big deal. Uh, uh, Satan, through Herod, is going after the church. And so we're, please, God, do a miracle. Stop Herod and his vendetta against the church. Whatever you have to do, change his heart, take him out. God, free Peter. Please, don't let him die. Get him out of jail. Praying, praying, praying. Well, God, unbeknownst to us, God was at work. He was answering our prayer. And so Peter tells us the story. Peter is in prison. Uh, no electricity back then, right? This is a dark, dank dungeon. Middle of the night. In fact, it was the third watch. And Peter is asleep. It says a lot about Peter's conscience because this is, this is the night before Herod's going to bring Peter out to the people and put him to death. The night before Peter's going to be executed, he's sound asleep. In fact, he's so sound asleep that the angel goes, appears, and Peter's like, he's snoring right through it. The angel appears in his cell in the big bright light, and Peter just keeps sleeping. In fact, Peter said the angel hit him on the side. Hey, wake up! He didn't say wake up, he just hit him. Here's the in fact, Peter said, I wasn't really sure I was awake. I thought maybe this is a vision. Uh, you ever, you probably have people in your life like that. You know, hit them and they're like, ah. That was Peter. So he's, am I awake or not? And the angel says, Peter, put on your shoes, get your clothes on, wrap yourself in your cloak, and then follow me. So Peter does it. Follows, still not sure he's awake, but he's following this, this angel. And they, they exit the, the prison cell. They pass through the first set of centuries, then a second set of centuries, and they go all the way out to the gate of the city, big iron gate. And Peter said the gate just opened on its own. And he's, he's still not sure he's awake. He thinks he's having a vision maybe, and he just follows this angel right outside the city. They come to a street, and they turn, and they start heading down the street. And it's somewhere along that street, the angel vanishes. And Peter said, I kind of fully woke up and I realized, this isn't a vision, this isn't a dream. God has broken me out of jail. And what the Jews planned to have happened to me is not going to happen to me. Whoa! And so he must have been in our area because he comes knocking on Mary's door. I'm inside the house, we're praying fervently. And he knocks on the door. Now, Mary's house is a kind of, it's a big house. So she's got, she's got a, um, like a wall that butts up against the street with a door. And then there's a courtyard. And then we're in the inner house praying. And so we couldn't hear the door knock. But the servant girl, Rhoda, did. And we're all nervous because uh, Herod is trying to crush the church. And so uh, Rhoda, and plus it's middle of the night. Rhoda's smart. She doesn't just open the door. She's like, who is it? Peter says, it's me, Peter. Well, she, she doesn't even, still doesn't open the door. She is so excited that she goes, ah, and just pfft, runs back in the house and then announces to all of us who are praying, Peter's at the door. God free Peter. Peter's at the door. What? And, and somebody yells, Rhoda, you're nuts. You're crazy. No, I know Peter's voice. He is at the door. Somebody else says, well, it must be his angel. Finally, one of us was smart enough, won't tell you who that was, to say, let's just go to the door. 
So we all head out to the door, open it. It's Peter in the flesh. And Peter comes in. We're, as you imagine, we're, Peter! And he's, he gives us a motion, silences us, and then proceeds to tell us how God broke him out of prison. Amazing story. So encouraging. And then he says, listen, here's what I want you to do. Go tell James. This is not James who got killed. This is James, the brother of Jesus. Lots of Jameses around this, this time. Uh, head of the church in Jerusalem. He says, tell James and the other brothers what God has done for me. And then he went off into hiding. Such a good hiding place that Herod never found. In fact, none of us really know where he went. He just was gone. Uh, well, the next day, as you can imagine, uh, there is a great commotion in the prison when they find Peter is missing. And when Herod hears about it, he just, a massive search around Jerusalem, find this guy. I forgot to tell you, by the way, uh, Herod was so determined to not let Peter get broken out of jail. He suspected that uh, these Christians might try to do a jailbreak, that he posted four uh, squads of, uh, of soldiers, a total of 16 soldiers. In fact, he had Peter's right hand shackled to the left hand of one shoulder, soldier and his left hand shackled to the right hand of another soldier. And uh, when the angel showed up, the shackles just dropped off his, his arm. But Herod was determined that this guy was not going to get away. And so when he got away, Herod was furious, couldn't find him. Well, Herod, being the secular man that he was, concluded the only thing he could conclude, it's an inside job. And these soldiers are either Christians themselves or have been paid off. And so he executed the sentries who were on duty when Peter escaped prison. A little while later, King Herod Agrippa heads down to the coast. So he'd been in Jerusalem, now he heads down to the coast He's got a palace there at Caesarea Maritime. Beautiful, by the way. Wish I had that palace. Gorgeous, right on the sea, beautiful sea. Uh, and he liked to go there during the heat of the summer because the you know, wind would come in and keep everybody nice and cool. Well, he's down there. And while he's down there, he's, he's dealing with a conflict he has with Tyre and Sidon, Phoenician cities that are right nearby. And they're in a big argument with King Herod Agrippa. And the people of Tyre and Sidon decide, we'd better patch things up because, frankly, all our food comes from the mainland that Herod is uh, in charge of. Herod has a counselor, uh, uh, chancellor by the name of Blastus. And so the people of Tyre and Sidon appeal to Blastus, help us make peace with King Herod. And so, I don't know, I don't, we don't know how much they paid him off, but Blastus made it happen. Now, on the day that the ceremony, that they were going to have this peace ceremony, uh, Herod dresses up in his fineries. And Josephus tells us, I wasn't there, but Josephus tells us that uh, his, his uh, robe had silver thread, lots of silver thread, and that the bright Mediterranean sun reflected off of his robe, and it made him you know, kind of glow and shimmer and shine. People of Tyre and Sidon, all the delegates, they're trying to butter him up anyways. And so um, Herod comes out and he sits down on his throne and he gives an oration. And the people of Tyre and Sidon begin to say, this is not the voice of a man. 
It's the voice of a God. And Herod, who is king of the Jews, does not give glory to God. He just takes it in. And in that very moment, God strikes him dead. Now, Josephus tells us that it was in, it instantaneously had some uh, issue with his bowels. They hauled him off, and it took him five days to die. The Bible just tells us uh, he was eaten by worms. Not a nice way to die. And thus, when I've, you know, pondered this and what God did, and what are the big takeaways for me, I just want to give you, the big takeaway for me is uh, it inspired me to pray and to trust God more fully with my life. I don't, it's not that we didn't pray for James, the apostle. We prayed for him, but God allowed him to die by the sword. We prayed for Peter, and God breaks Peter miraculously out of jail. Uh, you got to, you got to, I hope you listen, hear what was happening. We're praying, God, please free Peter from jail. And Rhoda's telling us Peter's at the door, and we're like, you're crazy. God, please break Peter out of jail. No, he's really there. Rhoda, you know, isn't that so often the way we pray? We have faith, but God, you know, I believe, help my unbelief. And God, in his uh, graciousness to us, he still takes those prayers of little faith. God loves us. You know, uh, Brother Paul later says, do not be anxious in anything, but in everything. Make your requests known to God with the heart of thanksgiving. The peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Listen, God is on the throne. He hears our prayers. He cares about us, and he is absolutely in charge. And God's plan is better than our plan. But the, what we want to do is we want to bring all of our life to him. Don't make the mistake of just going through life and trusting fate and trusting chance Man, you take every part of your life to the Lord. When you're in trouble, bring it to God, and then you can just rest in the peace, knowing that God, the sovereign God who loves you, will take care of it. Thanks for letting me uh, retell the story. It was uh, even more exciting to be there in person. But God bless you today.